Something I learned about having COVID just recently is the concept of seasons and the seasons in life. So I used to, and not even really realizing how much I was forcing myself to be productive all of the time. And when COVID kind of forced me into what would be like a season of winter where I was literally sleeping the whole time, it then allowed me to recognize how much more I was able to produce after being completely shut down. So this kind of just makes me think of a tree when it tries to force itself to produce leaves in the middle of winter. If we allowed ourselves downtime and seasons, it's obviously we don't have leaves, but the leaves to us are productivity. Or simply to shift or focus on something else. If we didn't make it mean that we were failures at business, if we simply made it mean that we are in winter, bringing our sap back into our trunk and responding to the seasons so that we don't lose any limbs. It's pretty funny, but actually trees, this is something that I learned a long time ago. So if you're a tree enthusiast and I'm wrong, please let me know. But I believe that in the wintertime, the trees pull in their sap um, and that this is why when we get really insane storms where it drops to really cold really quickly after the summertime, why the limbs crack off because the sap freezes and expands and breaks the trees. So don't be a tree that gets hit by a winter storm. Allow yourself to be in that space and not lose any limbs (laughs) and totally accept your winter. (laughs) We would actually realize that we were doing the responsible thing. The responsible thing being not necessarily an action, but a thought that supports the energy levels that we are at right now, that supports our energy systems where we are at right now, that is non-judgmental of the natural flow of our energy cycle. It's also knowing that our energy will come back that our productivity will rise again. And now it's time to take the pressure off. The amazing thing of the ADHD brain's ability is to hyper-focus. We can use the ability of hyper-focus to be hyper-productive in certain times of our lives. Maybe we are incredibly focused in certain seasons of our lives on different pillars of our lives. Different pillars of our lives are like business is one pillar, family is another pillar, health is another sleep is another, right? You can decide what your pillars are in your life, but those are examples. It's really easy for us to expect all the pillars to be at 100% all the time, but this is not true and it doesn't set us up for success. Something that has been fascinating to me and I have found to be so true is as an ADHD person, our addiction to big lofty goals. We love huge goals because they are a huge dopamine hit. But when we can accept and know that focusing on one pillar, maybe two at a time, is really all you likely have time for. And side note, you can maintain your health and relationships, but you can't be all things to all at the, all the time, right? If you are taking three more hours to one pillar, it's likely that one or two other life pillars are going to suffer a little bit. They're not going to have the same amount of time to be spent on those other pillars. And I really don't suggest that you take it away from your sleep. 
So we get to do a trade for a short while. We get to decide that this is the season where I focus on the pillar of my business because I'm actively working on having a family. When it comes time for my family pillar to be my focus, I want to be able to know I did my best and my ability to support my new growing family because of my focus on my business pillar. When we want to do a bodybuilding competition, we're going to spend different time doing different things. You're probably going to spend way more time at the gym, prepping different foods. Your focus is going to be different than when we're focusing on our business or when we're focusing on our family, right? It's going to look very different. Allowing ourselves to let go of being all things to everyone all the time. Choose one thing. What will it be? If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life, I mean, let's not get that dramatic. For the next month, just choose one thing and what would it be? Do you want to grow your business right now or do you want to focus on your weight and self-confidence right now? Let's build some habits and then we can start to focus on other things. The really important thing that I want to hone in on here is that you don't have to be too happy let go of your health completely when you are super focused on business goals, but you aren't going to necessarily expect yourself to pull 12 hours at work and also get a fantastic workout in without other things taking less of your time. We are in charge of everything in our life. We get to decide how we want to spend our time. We are choosing every single second. The sooner we decide that, the sooner we are free. I also love the thought by Russell Brunson that I just heard. It is the permission to be imbalanced. That to be crazy successful or successful in whatever way you decide, there's always an imbalance for a little while. Maybe it's just for a few hours, a few days, few months, hopefully not a few years. But when we know that it's a short period of time and we know what we want to create, when we know what our goal is, we are ignited, excited to create our ultimate goal. Also making it really easy for our ADHD brain to want to take action. Many successful entrepreneurs launch their businesses and work 12 hour days. Yes, this will burn you out if you keep it going for a long period of time, but judging the imbalance and thinking negative thoughts about the hours that you've spent, it's very likely the thing that will burn you out faster than the hours that you spend itself. It's the same idea as judging our winter season as wrong. This is judging your summer season as wrong. Neither season is wrong. Neither season is right. But remembering you are in season and things are changing and wavering all the time. Defining and knowing your end goal gives you the ability to know that the end isn't inevitable. It also gives us the ability to stop and celebrate and not need to push those 12 hour days in habit. But to know that once you have created the goal that we want to allow ourselves to shift into another season. This is another reason I really like the concepts of seasons. So many of us entrepreneurs achieve our goal and we don't even realize we've achieved it and we are on to the next goal. We forget to celebrate the achievements we have already created. We're just on to the next dopamine hit. Many of us believe that we need to be all things to all people all the time. You can be one, maybe two things to yourself, but you cannot be all things. We are not superheroes, right? 
Oh my gosh. This reminds me of a really funny moment that we were having at one of our Rossiter studios. And one of my practitioners had a client and we're super goofy nerdy. Um, and we were just talking about what superpowers he would love to have. And it just kind of reminds me of this so many times, like when we think about superpowers, it's so easy for us to recognize that it's not expected, but there are so many times where we have these expectations for ourselves that literally are essentially the same as expecting ourselves to fly, yet we also hold shame or frustration for ourselves when we can't just like jump off and start flying, right? Setting realistic goals and expectations is going to be something that we have to focus on a little bit more deliberately. But decide right now, what is your number one focus? If you could create something this year that would make everything else feel better, what would that be? Set the time limit and decide again. Maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months or a year of a particular focus. When you are able to hold focus onto one goal, you practice constraint. You start to learn tips and tricks to support this thing that you have been focusing on. If you've been focusing on self-confidence, after a year, you are likely to have much greater self-confidence that will carry through the rest of your life. You will have tools to take with you. It will rise all the tides in the future. It will no longer take concerted effort because you have given yourself proper time in that specific topic to help it become one with you. When we stick with something long enough, it becomes more second nature. When it becomes second nature, it consumes less energy to maintain, especially when we're talking about mental and emotional goals. It can level up every part of our life and save so much time, giving even more opportunities to the other pillars in our life, enriching our connection with our friends, with our family, with our business, simply because we believe in ourselves. I used to have terrible self-esteem because I was an intelligent kid with ADHD. Many of my teachers and bosses when I was young thought that I just wasn't trying, that I was capable, but just didn't care that I was moving too fast. They didn't trust me. They didn't think I was doing a good job. And they would tell me, I am a person that does a lot of work. And I know that I'm nothing like my younger self, even though at times she does still come out to play. And I'm just as weird and goofy and makes as many weird faces and noises. My work ethic and the way that I carry my awareness is completely different. I got to confront my thoughts about people that I believed are authorities to me or coaches in my life. I just realized that I still have this unconscious belief from my past that all of my authoritative figures think that I am a waste of time and a failure. I have been spending so much energy trying to prove to them that I am not a waste of time, that I'm not a failure. When after processing it, I realized also that the most important thing for me to do is to know for myself that I am not a waste of time. And I know I am not a failure. I am able to also look at that and know that I don't believe in failure the way others do. I believe that failure is such a fast and amazing way to learn and grow every single day. I had a failure of awareness crop up that led me to this big awareness of this old limiting belief that have just stuck with me. I had proof of every coach I had ever had where I believed that they were annoyed with me. They thought I was a failure and they thought I was a waste of their time. Now I get to question it because it was brought to light. 
Now I get to know that this is a tendency, a practice that I'd been doing for at least 20 years that I now get to practice awareness around and choose to not believe, to choose to know does not have any space in the truth. I get to blatantly choose my belief in myself. I no longer need anyone else's belief in me And it doesn't mean that anybody else's belief in me or not in me has anything to do with me. This strengthens my relationship with myself and takes a lot of pressure off of them. But even more, when I first started these journeys with a bunch of my coaches, it was so easy because I hadn't assigned any emotion to it yet. But then I would start to assign an emotion, maybe because I ate a little something that I didn't think was perfect or I missed one of my 30-minute runs, and then I started rejecting myself. I started to assign the failure label on myself, so then I assumed others were assigning it to me as well. When I assigned that label, guess what? Failure began more and more often, and I started to resent the process. But as soon as I was able to let go of the reins, likely quitting all the negative emotion would go away. It had nothing to do with a thing I was trying to do. It had everything to do with my emotions I had assigned to it. It was so much harder than it had to be. I isolated myself. And when it came to food, I made myself crave it more. It made me believe in the cravings and my lack of willpower even more. Let's talk about willpower for a little bit. Impulsivity is a thing with ADHDers, which is also probably why we did the thing of being an entrepreneur. But did you know ADHD is common with binge eating? We're just going to keep trailing the road on food and eating today. So by the way, this is also one of my favorite coaching topics. If you are ADHD and would like to lose weight or just simply gain more self-confidence with your body and your relationship with food, schedule a free consult with me today. This used to be my niche. I super love it. But You aren't impulsive. You are not an emotional eater. You are not what you do. You are a person that sometimes eats when they are feeling an emotion, and you are a person that sometimes does things when they feel an emotion. That's it, period. We put the label of impulsive. It takes our power away. It feels so outside of us. It feels so out of our control. But you have complete control through your emotions. The emotion my client often my clients often feel that lead to binge eating is often a combination of anxiety, overwhelm, restriction, and shame. When we can understand and hold space for our emotions and label them as emotions, we can slow the Ferrari engine down and start to support our needs better. We have been trained that food is comforting. So when we feel that negative emotion, we go to the thing that we are most used to. For example, earlier we were talking about my thoughts about authority figures or coaching coaches in my life. I was believing that I was a waste of time and they probably don't like me. This is the same concept many of you have been thinking of about your bodies, the villain and the victor stories in your mind. Many times we find comfort in similar habits and similar thoughts. That's why we end up in pattern loops, some patterns being helpful and some patterns and loops. The ones that we are trying to change are not helpful. When we can have awareness, we can stop the cycle of insanity. We can have awareness of the thoughts that we are thinking, what we are doing that are driving the outcomes that we are not happy with. 
we can find the answer to the whole solution as opposed to a band-aid for the issue. I like to put fasting in this category as a band-aid. It's a thing that we do to try to overcome the feelings and the thoughts that we're thinking. So many women and friends of mine use fasting wrong. They use it to control their eating habits. They limit themselves, all while maintaining these thoughts about themselves and their abilities to eat when they are hungry and stop when they are full. They are taking all this action from a place of disbelief in themselves. From that disbelief, they go too long in the morning without eating, maybe waiting until 2 or 3 p.m. to get their first meal. Maybe they start off slow, and then by 6 or 7, they are ravenous and eat everything in sight, proving to themselves yet again that they have no willpower. But really, it has nothing to do with their willpower. It has everything to do with their thoughts about them. Their thoughts that they need to be controlled, that they cannot trust themselves, they can't stop when they're hungry, creates an environment where they starve themselves and then binge eat. When we know that this is how it works, we can start to learn our habits. We get to trust what works for us. We get to also learn that sometimes what works sometimes doesn't work at other times, especially with food. We can't expect our intake to be the same all the time and for our cravings to be the same all the time, to only be hungry at certain times all the time. If we're going to go and we're going to go work out at a different level and do a certain run, we're going to eat different things. We're going to be craving different things. We're going to need to fuel our body in a different way than a day where we are traveling and flying across the country and not moving our body really at all. We require very different fuel. And I want you to also use all of this that I'm talking about with food and our connection with our brain and our body through food and also apply it to our connection with our brain and our body and our business. But back to food. (laughs) With my weight loss clients, we focus solely on building self-trust first. We stop fasting for long periods of time. We focus on nourishing our bodies. What does it look like to nourish my body today? What comes up for you when you think that? What does it look like to nourish my body today? We understand that our genetic expressions change our body's needs, how it processes things, and how we understand that food is not an emergency. We have built trust for ourselves that we can eat when we are hungry. We don't need to starve ourselves to get to our goal. We understand that the only way we'll ever get to our goal is through trusting ourselves. We also understand that body love might not be the goal, but body gratitude, body trust, that might be a great goal for you. When we can lean into the gratitude that we have for our bodies, we treat ourselves totally different. We put different expectations into our food. We no longer need to look a certain way before we can accept ourselves because we are already choosing to accept ourselves. When we accept ourselves and support, nourish ourselves right here, right now, you release the reins and the pressure for you to be someone else to be lovable, for you to be more attractive or whatever emotion or outcome you will think or feel in achieving whatever goal that you have for yourself. I promise you, you cannot lose weight thinking crappy thoughts about yourself. Crappy thoughts equals a desire to eat. Loving thoughts equals desire to move the body or nourish the body in other ways. 
For me, I've noticed that I crave foods very little when I am thinking loving thoughts about myself. You should try it on. I have done all the work. It's never going to happen for me. This is a common thought that can happen, and I hear my clients say all the time. The work really is never done. Life is a constant evolution of learning and growing. Trust me, it's more fun that way too. When you feel any emotion, you are the one responsible for it. When you are in a place of blame, you are also in the state of victim. When you are in a state of being a victim, we know we have no power. This is also where the helplessness comes in. Identify the feeling that you were feeling or the thoughts you were thinking about yourself or someone else. When you recognize this, ask yourself, when I think these thoughts, what do I do afterwards? A side tangent is I really can recognize the thoughts that my subconscious is thinking about myself through the frustrations or the thoughts that I recognize about other people. It can be vice versa. You can start off with negative thoughts about you and then recognize that you're thinking those thoughts about other people. But if it's gotten to the point where you are recognizing it and this thought about someone else, pause and ask yourself, is this something that I'm actually frustrated with myself about? And unravel that and hold compassion for yourself in that place. And oftentimes it frees you and that other person up from the frustration. When I think I need to eat less food, I can't help but want to eat a whole bar of chocolate. Then I can know that simply thinking that I need to eat less results in eating a whole bar of chocolate. Or when you think I am going on a diet tomorrow results in you making and eating an entire pan of brownies because you believe that you needed to feel sick from the brownies to give you the willpower to not want to eat them. That is not operating from a kind place or a place of belief for yourself. You are creating affirmation of your lack of willpower. When I was thinking my coach thinks that I'm a waste of time, I started wasting their time. I resisted the workouts, resisted their recommendations, maybe not externally, but definitely internally. I started to question their authority. All these things that are embarrassing to admit, but so true. But the real honest truth is, they probably didn't even notice anything. I did end up following the rules, but with all this inner rebellion that I had, I was wasting hours upon hours in my head, causing frustration and belief about myself. The person that I was wasting the time the most was me. I was wasting my time. And now that I can fully accept this, now that I can lean into the failure that I have made, the millions of failures I have made throughout life, I can no longer make it mean anything about me. I can know that this is such a powerful part of my story that I have been living for so long. Now, because I have revealed it, I can have a different connection with my coaches, with myself, and with my future self. I am no longer bound by my past. I can create an entirely different future. Nothing is set in stone. Recognizing the power of your emotions. When you have awareness of your thoughts or emotions, you don't actually need willpower. Willpower comes from positive thoughts, which creates positive emotions. A good relationship with your body is your thoughts about your body. A good relationship with your mind is your thoughts about your mind. And a good relationship with your business is good thoughts about your business. Recognize the seasons. 
Allow the seasons. Recognize your thoughts about yourself in those seasons. Sometimes we force ourselves into a winter where we'll feel exhausted and can't produce. Maybe you've seen the meme where it talks about, I had all these things that I had planned to do, but I ended up just staring at the wall for six hours. That doesn't happen without negative emotion and negative thoughts. Allow the seasons. Allow the moments of inspiration. Allow for the imbalance of life. Know that things are going to have to trade out when you want to focus on something else. Time and attention is going to be taken away from uh, other pillars of life. But also know that you can give yourself so much more space for fun and achievement by just practicing awareness. When we are aware of our thoughts, we are no longer reacting to our unconscious beliefs. We can spend time in creativity, having fun and taking action, a place many of us love to be. We can create change in the world, even if it just starts with our inner world for right now. I just recently had a discussion with a mentor of mine. I had met this person at a really dark place in my life when I was honestly at the darkest of my depression. I had blamed them for all the anger that I felt towards them. I thought they were being disrespectful and I wanted out of this mentorship. I realized after talking to leadership about it, they mentioned every relationship has responsibility by both parties. I realized the thought he didn't give it about me was the arching tone, the thought that I believed about him. I started with taking responsibility for that thought. I believed I had taken responsibility for everything else before talking to him, trying to seek understanding and yet feeling rejected from the responses. But no matter what, from the lens I had painted, he didn't, this thought that he didn't give a shit about me, I was just finding more evidence for my thought. I was able to recognize this thought. And then I was also allowed to unwind the thought in the past. I was able to untangle my thought from his being and approach the situation without emotion and to simply seek understanding. I no longer was a victim of my circumstance. I was immediately free from this blood-boiling experience of anger, an experience that I really don't ever experience because if you know me, I really love 99.9% of humans. Because of this anger, not only was I angry with him, but I was also angry at myself for being angry, for not having control over my anger, and it was seeping into the rest of my day. I was trying to justify my emotion and get those close to me to agree, which then caused me to feel like I was being dramatic, which then just piled shame on top of it. This learning experience was so embarrassing in the moment, but looking back is such an incredible lesson for me. I learned my thoughts about coaches. I learned that I really do have responsibility. It also reminded me how far I've come since these beliefs about me from coaches started. It led me to celebrate how far I've come. From this one mishap, I was able to find so much joy, so much growth. And now I scheduled an opportunity to build even more understanding for one another. If you have been struggling with something, if you have been in a forced winter, what thoughts are you thinking? What are some warm campfire thoughts that you can think of instead? What are the feelings you would like to feel? Embrace the naturalness of seasons and understand our ability to force ourselves into seasons with our thought patterning. Did you know that men go through a 24-hour cycle that a woman will go through in in their menstrual cycle? As a woman, I have found it to be useful and helpful to recognize that a week before my period is a good time for me to expect myself to slow down a little bit more, for myself to recognize almost like a fall 
or maybe even a winter season. I expect less productivity at that time. I plan less and recover more. When I am after my period to ovulation, I plan more. I know I will have more energy. I will be more outgoing and I plan accordingly. Do you do anything like this to help you support your natural rhythms? If you love this podcast, we would love your review or share with a friend. If you are ready to jump in, create change, and make money with your ADHD brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. Go to adhdboss.fun or you can go to Ellen Argo on Instagram. There's a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to see you soon. Bye friends.